Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. All right, Becca Messel, you're starting us off. Becca. You're already starting. Becca, just introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Just say it. Welcome to the podcast. This is Becca Messel. Just one time. This is it, please. No, please, you guys, please. they're not going to know it's your podcast. We're recording. We're recording. It's going. They're please. not going to know it's your podcast. Becca, three, two. Luckily, I'm the editor and I can edit this all out. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening for the first time, this is probably a very strange experience, but this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a very, very special edition. Episode 300. <laughs> We have present in this very strange room uh, in Father Nathan's rectory, the Dungeons and Dragons room. Uh, on my left, Father Nathan Goble, Father Mike Rapp, hey, Father John Clockman, Hello. back from Minnesota here, guest audience, probably will make an appearance at some point to the microphone. Father Michael Lachlan, and the guest of honor tonight. Hashtag editor. Hashtag editor. <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag yeah. truth. Becca Messel. Yeah. I know yeah. that's really lame. Becca, Hashtag trims all. You have my to talk. Slang. You have to talk into the microphone. Hashtag trims all my slang out. <laughs> the backstory before this podcast is that uh, we had a wonderful dinner tonight. Bottle of red. <laughs> Bottle of white. The uh, well, okay, we'll jump right into that then. Are you ready for this? No, we're not going to talk about that. We had a nice dinner. That's all they need to know. No, no, no. We'll talk about it. We'll nice talk evening. about it right now. That sounds wonderful. So, I have lost many bets. Get away from the microphone. People don't like the banter. I have lost many bets against Father Nathan Goble, but tonight I won my first. And he did not think, and he doubted me. He denied it. Yeah. He did not give an assent yep. to the fact that Billy Joel wrote a song called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Right. And can, he, I, can I rebuttal this? Uh, well, I'm talking to the because, microphone. Uh, only grown men listen to uh, you know things other than Billy Joel. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if you lose any of those beers that you just won because you faked all the lyrics of the song on the way back home. Well, that is true. That For had not, seven minutes. That you had, kind of, no you, you knew, yeah, you knew two lines. Bottle of red. I learned tonight that I have We're a. Being sued by Billy Joel. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Seriously, I learned tonight from Father Mike Rapp, who's very Minnesotan. No offense, Clocky, who uh, he just kind of casually drops the fact that for years I've been singing in this kind of weird, kind of oh, yeah. sing-along voice, and they identified it with Billy Joel, which is tied to my childhood because this is my father's favorite song by yeah. Billy Joel. So it's a nice song, and I was wrong. You were wrong. A six-pack of pale ale. That's no, all no. that I have. Six-pack of Mirror Pond. Thank you. Shame. That's right. Father Clockman was right. And Father Clockman was right. Knew it right away. So anyways, we took Becca out for a nice uh, Italian steak dinner, right? That was an Italian restaurant, right? Yeah. And uh, half the restaurant identified Father Nathan because of his distinct haircut. True. And uh, yeah, so we've been hanging out for a couple hours, but uh, we thought we would kind of... Uh, you know, just continue the dinner, the Italian dinner tonight. So this is kind of scenes from the Italian restaurant. But the point of tonight <laughs> is to honor. This is the digestivo. But tonight, you're taking your hat off, Beck. Oh, everyone else took their hat off. Oh yeah, I'll put I'll put my bag. Here you go. Here's your Rocky's <laughs> auto hat. hat. Your head's too big. Father Mike has uh, collects Hashtag really truth. random stuff, <laughs> and uh, his goal in life <laughs> is to counter. Father Mike's goal in life is to counter anybody who looks cool by wearing really dumb stuff. <laughs> Hey, and I making it look cool. Today. Into the mic. Into the mic. I We're talking into the mics tonight. Today by Father John Clockman. He thought my style was cool. I thought it was. I, did you see Big Bird? Did you see Big Bird riding the bike today? <laughs> this, no, but I did not. But uh, I have to say this: that um, oh, yeah. Father Mike, I do have a big. Everything look cool. He does. Father Mike looks. Are we talking about Becca? Are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Hear that? Let's repeat. No, that we're talking about mic. Father John Clockman, who lasted two cool, minutes in this room, including his big yellow raincoat. He's like, I'm going to be silent. I'm not going to say anything. And Nathan kind of chewed him out at Starbucks about it. No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. You lasted <laughs> not even a minute and a half, and you're talking into it. So we got Father Michael Locke in here who's going to keep us on track. Uh-huh. I'll try. Yeah. He's got some pretty funky socks on, though, and uh, it kind of keeps uh, – Guinness socks. Yeah? yeah. Shout out Cullen Gibbons, my brother-in-law, who gave me uh, socks with various colored toucans with Guinness on their beaks. There you go. These are my new favorite socks. Now, well, I never understood. Are, into the mic, Mike. Are, are toucans <laughs> actually from Ireland? I don't think there's toucans in Ireland. 
Wait a second, Mike. We were on Scalic Michael, and I said your spirit Those animal. Those are puffins. Oh, puffins! Sorry, <laughs> Those are puffins. Those are maybe puffins. maybe these are puffins. Those are puffins. Those are puffins. Those are puffins. Well, maybe these are puffins. Are these puffins, or is it a Guinness <laughs> toucan? It's, it's a, a toucan. Puffin. Those it's just are a sales puffins. <laughs> I know. I know. So Whatever. Guinness okay. makes you strong. What is the? What is the? Guinness for strength. Guinness for strength. Something was copyrighted, and they actually had to end it because, like, the government of Ireland said you cannot do false advertising because Guinness doesn't make you strong. I think it was uh, uh, made for pH balance for a man, made for a woman. (laughs) I think that's what it was. Guinness, dude. Guinness is mad. Doesn't even make sense. We're gonna get sued from everybody, including Billy Joel. Woman, say something. This is all about you. We can't post this. No, no. no. Woman, what are you doing? What are are you doing with your life? Bottle of wine. Okay. Any kind of mood you're in tonight? I'm good. You're good. You're real good. So uh, we have a. I've never been on the same side. I know it's awkward. (laughs) I don't like the constant touching. So we have a, we have an occasion tonight. Look at the way you're dressed. That is true. The uh, we have an occasion tonight that you we the cat are. Hey, shh! Don't talk about the cat, Becca. So, uh, Becca, why don't you explain why tonight we celebrated you for our 300th uh, podcast? But also, this is the final one that you're going to be editing for us. Why? I've finally been released from my indentured servitude. She quit. She quit. What? It's from the podcast. <laughs> you got to talk into the microphone, people. Thank She's you. Doing great. Don't she can bring the levels up? <sighs> she can bring the levels I'm up. Pro, I'm trying okay. to save you trouble later on. Uh, cuz it's number 300. Yeah. And, and it's number 300 and oh, we somebody is <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Somebody's> Olaf. <laughs> Every time we say the word 300, we need to cheer. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, there's also another reason. Do you want to maybe talk about that? <laughs> no, because it's weird. It was weird, weird tonight at dinner. Weird. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Let's just say why we were not. Our, our, our waitress did not believe that she was serving four priests and a woman who was entering the convent in yeah. two weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. but she also... She also said that Catholics don't drink. She also said that Catholics... She also said that Catholics don't drink. And I said, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm talking into the mic. Catholics don't drink. Shut up. Now you're good. We're fine. No, so in two weeks, Becca is being very humble and for some reason very shy all of a sudden. But she's entering a wonderful wonderful religious community in Minnesota called the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus. Yep, yep. Okay. It's a tough name. Who were founded... About 10 years ago mm-hmm. and are wonderful. We love them. They're very close to the Companions in St. Paul. We met them because we were going up to St. Paul, starting the Companions here in Denver, right on the same time they were starting. So we got to know them and they're fantastic. So, But you're entering into... <laughs> Please talk into the microphone. Thankfully, it's a contemplative order, so she won't have to talk that much. Except to Jesus. We talked about this all day. Becca, this is your podcast. You're I supposed told to be you. talking. I told you I get... I get uh, fears of public speaking. Can't do this. You're doing a good job. You're just talking to us. Just, you're talking to us. Yeah, you're talking to us. Weird yeah, circular. Yeah, just like you're in a spiritual face. direction. Got just it. talk about your prayer life. What's been going on? In, you know? Okay, just my heart. It's really on my heart that. Um... <laughs> so just tell us Bottle your vocation story. We've all told our vocation stories. Now you got to tell your vocation story. No. Yeah. Vocation story. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not. Uh, I, no, I'm not going to do that. I told you specifically I was not going to do that. Okay, tell us about... If you don't tell it, I'm going to tell it in your voice, (laughs) and it's going to be a totally wrong story, and the handmaids will find out, and they'll block you entrance. (laughs) And he's not joking. He'll do it. In the duck voice. In the duck duck voice. voice. (laughs) Father Nathan told us several jokes tonight. (laughs) (laughs) They're very strange. None that we can refuse. Especially this... this Duck one, yeah. The duck character, very strange. That's great. It might come out later. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah. So, okay, Becca, you need to redeem this podcast, Becca. Redeem it. We gotta start over. No, it's so bad. Okay, Becca. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have any vocation? 
That was the duck voice. Okay. That was the duck voice. Clacky, you want to get on and say no, something? He's standing up. Encourage back up. I've already made it to Why awkward. the handmaids? Why the awkward. handmaids? I've made it so weird. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Listen, you guys have done 300 of these. You're used Woo! to it. It's normal. <laughs> this is very strange. So one like this is not going to matter in the long in the long run. So just make your mark. <laughs> Hopefully I don't. Why, why don't I tell the story when I met Becca Messel? Would that help? Thank you. She'll forget she's not talking and just come in at some point if you just go. Yeah. So. She's yeah. she's not making this easy. I'm yep. Sorry. Can you pour me a little more there? We could ask about what about your history on the podcast? Did you have a favorite show? What did you like? What did you hate? Yeah, why don't we start? That's a good point. When did you start with how did you get roped into this podcast? How do you know these people that you're sitting here with right now? You know. I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're the worst. <laughs> what was the worst thing Gobel said that you had to edit out? Well, I did have to purchase the 99 cent bleep off of iTunes. <laughs> just that one time. Really? Yeah, just for that one story about the FCT. Oh, that's right. I had to bleep it. So your first episode, your first episode that you edited for us was? Thank episode you. 198. Thank you, Ice Boy. A Long Strange Trip. Long long strange strange so my last one before I moved to Rome. Mm-hmm. And that was also the one after that was when Father Michael came on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was... I was announced. 103 podcasts ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also got us through the chaos of six months ago when we had to re-edit all oh, of them. Man. Becca did many, many of them. Tim Dan, her also. Mainly rock brother star. Tim. Yeah. Brother Tim did a lot. Did all the heavy lifting. Yep. Sister Becca, what was the name we named her tonight? We had a... Yeah. We'll just leave it. We're trying to figure out what is appropriate to talk about, but. Oh, that's a weird one. So Becca knew Father Daniel Eusterman, right before all of us. One of the companions, the young, the young companion, right from high school. Mm-hmm. But then she ended up at CU and was going into her senior year. Yeah. Right at the end of her junior year, she showed up in this long line on my ordination day, and these kind of random college girls introducing themselves. Becca was very socially apt and normal not all of them were though then we could say a certain one of them just literally did a 180 during the conversation she got so uncomfortable talking to me so amy it was great so we met that day and then you did totus to us that summer mm-hmm. and that kind of sealed the deal and father brian larkin who we love to make fun of on this podcast said you're gonna be friends with becca messer you're gonna be friends and i was like i don't know i don't know those college girls were weird when they came and introduced themselves <laughs> and little did we know and four months later, it was your 21st birthday. A very unique 21st birthday. What happened on your 21st birthday? I mean, I was just minding my own business at Old Chicago because that's, you know, the hip place to go as a boulderite. And then all of a sudden, two priests in night costumes start galloping. Full, ar- full, yeah. full yeah. chainmail armor. Chainmail armor. Yep. Father Peter Musset and myself. <laughs> Gallop into the restaurant. Into the middle of her 21st birthday. And wore it the entire night, and by the end, I think you guys... And Father Peter gave a very rousing speech in Connor O'Neill's Irish pub at one point. Yeah, it was before was, battle, a speech that was very battle. intense and a bit strange, <laughs> but we were at a point where we were, we could receive it, you know? <laughs> but that was her 21st birthday, she hasn't been able to get rid of us since. Um, and then I introduced, you to, introduced very, you to all these characters over the years, so let's start on my left here. When did you meet Father Nathan, do you remember? I think it was Switzerland. That's uh, not true. Uh, <gasps> oh, oh no. I met, uh, I met Becca Messel in Colorado Ski and Golf, oh. and I thought she was super hip, and I was trying on a Jamaican ski helmet, and I was... Which she bought. Which I bought, and I was hoping she wasn't going to tell me this was totally lame, and she was like, no, definitely go with the Jamaican ski helmet, and I was like, yes. I wasn't wrong. Which was a That's total true. lie. That was Father Nathan. Do you remember when you had Father Mike? It might have been Switzerland also. It might have been Switzerland. Oh, no, it was Rome. It was Rome right before Switzerland. Yeah, and you had your Knights of Columbus hat. Which we made him purge, I think, this year. <laughs> yeah. Father Mike is famous for dorky hats, and including the Rockies Auto hats he's wearing right now. He's so. cool. Knights of Columbus is cool, though. She thought I was cool. Yeah, I thought you were cool. I thought you were cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, you we, took us to see the cats. We've hiked around the world. I remember you making the comment that we have never 
spent time in the United States. We've been all over the world, but we haven't spent time in the States. Yeah. But I don't remember all the locales. Until this week. It's well, this week. summer. This oh. summer, yeah. But we most of the time, we would hang out in really cool vacation Rome, destinations. <laughs> Rome, uh, Switzerland, Spain. Spain. Amen. Amen. Okay, Father Michael Lachlan, when did you meet him? Do you remember? I'm glad he put you on the spot, not I know. Me. This is... <laughs> That one happened a little more naturally. Just kind of flowed into it, I think. Yeah, yeah I don't remember. Do you remember? I don't remember. I'll, I remember probably just some companions-ish party. Yeah. And then I remember having my first real conversation with you. It was actually at Platpar Brewery, I believe, after one of Larkin's events. And then uh, John told me when he was leaving that you were someone who loves very deeply and I should get to know you. There you go. Which is true. So that was, like, that was like very my first kind. introduction. I thought you guys met at like an eighth grade dance dancing to Kiss by a Rose by Seal. Am I wrong? Dude, I am so much older than her. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, close. That was the second meeting. I think. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Well, Becca has been... A- Oh. We're getting sued by Seal now. Add Seal to the list of everything. Clock, you going for more? No, for you. Thank you. This guy is amazing. We have a we have kind of a ice and whiskey boy. Microphone, Mike. We talk into the microphone. Thank you. He hates this. Been a little sister ever since, and uh, we've had the pleasure of uh, running into her, praying with her. Um, a lot of great conversations and adventures because Becca is an adventurous. Oh, yeah. And um, I think one of the, um, I don't know, I, one of the most exciting things for me watching her go off to the convent right now is that uh, she's willing to take risks and go for big things and willing to live adventure. You know, she's yeah. been all over the world uh, living adventures and we've had some great adventures together. And now um, I can't join you in entering the convent obviously <laughs> but um i'm super proud to send you off and um it's great to have a little sister who's so uh, adventurous and fun and you've been a great joy um and i'm just very grateful for your friendship the um the podcast that we did father mike and a couple months ago that was called when you know you know that was your line because that's kind of like the motto of your life. And uh, she goes and climbs Cotopaxi in Ecuador. And uh, was it Ecuador? Yeah. 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 Kind of just total adventurous, like uh, Father Mike was saying. And she has been like a sister to us and a daughter as well, spiritually. And uh, one of the great things that I want to talk about tonight is we kind of move into now 20 minutes of banter. We move into a topic here for a little bit. What? We're just we're just flowing with we're just flowing with it. But what I'd like to uh, we have to draw this out, and I'm going to need your help, guys. Gobes, Mikey, Olaf, you got to draw this out of her because she's not going to talk. But Becca has been the heart of this project that we've been about for the last uh, six years, and uh, it's been fundamentally a, a a project of communion of how do you. How do you bring people together in Christ in such a way that really engages them and takes them deeper, but also is uniquely human? And uh, she organized for me uh, 10 trips, right? We just finished our 10th trip. Oh, you got a little coffee refill from Father Father Clockman, yeah. servant of the servants of God. My <laughs> love language. Love language, service. The um, And so... <laughs> watch trying to... They, they can't see the uh, the Continue visible, on. yeah, exactly <laughs> what Goebbels doing with his hands. <laughs> Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> yeah, he does. But uh, I'd like Becca to, um, we're going to try and draw it out of her a bit about kind of what has she done and how has she uh, formed a community of Catholics here in Denver, which the companions have been really privileged to be a part of. And she and I have worked really intentionally on, but also um, she uniquely formed and it was it was God's grace and his work in her life and with her gifts and her abilities that did it. But now that she's leaving, it's a, it's a really good moment for us to kind of reflect on what we've had over these last uh, six years. And it began in Switzerland. We've gone to Spain for the Camino together. Father Mike, Father Nathan been with us all over uh, the Western United States. And so we're going to try and kind of pull it out of her a little bit about kind of what have you been up to and what have you 
kind of sensed and learned and what has God been doing over these years. Um, yeah, that's it. So, okay. Becca. Yes. <laughs> what are you going to miss most about the community that you helped found here in Denver, Colorado? Well, okay, first of all, I think we need to add some caveats. I don't think I helped found anything. <laughs> but... Uh, form. Form. Maybe not found, but form. Form. I don't know. I mean, I think that I feel privileged to have been formed by um, a community here in Colorado. So it's very kind words, but I think I just feel privileged to have gotten to be a part of something that was... Uh, that formed me. I don't know. That sounds like overly pious and dumb, but <laughs> perfect for a sister. <laughs> we are so incredibly spoiled here in the Archdiocese of Denver, though, and I think we all acknowledge that. So, what what is it that you see within this community here? Like, in other words, our waitress tonight. What was her name? Taylor. 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 Our waitress, Taylor. My BFF. We were. What was it, John? You said, Father John, when she walked away, you did the whole mind blown symbol, like yeah. like. Their minds are blown by the fact that there were four priests and one girl becoming a nun here. She could not handle the fact that you she have could tattoos not, yeah, she and, could, are, yeah. and we're drinking a martini. And oh, Becca's beautiful. Yes, yeah. and she's beautiful. Pretty girl, had lots of tattoos. She couldn't handle it. it just didn't <laughs> becoming a nun, have, having an amazing, amazing night. And and she just couldn't get her, wrap her mind around that. That's true. So so like, what is at the heart of what you're, what, what, something so good that you're leaving so for something better, but what is this so good? that you're leaving for something better. What do you see at the heart of, of, of what makes that this? Easy questions I love watching her just, just. <laughs> They're really intense questions. I mean, it's not something that can just nobody's, be like Nobody's listening, you know. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us talking. It's just you're it's talking just to us. a couple of priests here. In the, uh... Well, it, it's just hard because I think it's hard to, you can't distill uh, the, ex, the experience into like a prepackaged thing that necessarily. And so I feel like I don't have like a good like uh, answer that's like a mnemonic device that you can just take with you and you know What's what I mean. What's your favorite? Least favorite? <laughs> Middle favorite? Like the best thing about community? I, or the, your, best, your best experience of community. In the last six years? Yes. I don't know. That's just intense. That's an intense question. She doesn't like being put on the spot. That's so let's, ah, let's take need, her I off there. I need more specifics. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I need more specifics. Who's your favorite companion? No, seriously. <laughs> who's your favorite? <laughs> Seriously, it doesn't matter, but it just is. tell us right now. Father who is your Brian favorite? Bottle of red. Bottle of white. Well, Becca, let's do this. Let, well, well, can I ask, uh, just, can we get more facts? Can we ask, questions. no, just fact questions, you know? Fact. Fact questions. <laughs> How do you spell fact? F A C T. Fact. So, uh, what is the charism of the handmaids? They are, their charism is. Uh, fourfold, uh, evangelistic, Marian, Eucharistic, and diocesan. And so the diocesan is really kind of something that sets them apart. Hmm. And what does that mean, diocesan? Uh, that they are trying to support and be present to the local church. And one of the hopes we have is that as the handmaids grow, which we think they will, uh, that they would eventually come back to Denver. Amen. Because their vision is if women from Denver are handmaids, that they should ideally serve in their own diocese. You know, it's not about taking them away and kind of moving on from that. Yeah, so we need, we need like five tributes, maybe like mostly Grandin, Grandins, you know? Yeah. And uh, if they could it's just kind of follow be. Becca. So and then they come by ritual. Handmaids there we go. Ritual. The by ritual. Well, we could, we could work that all out, you know? I have three questions. <laughs> Three questions. Go how, for it. Um, how important is the name of an order that you're considering joining? How important is the style of the habit that, ah. of an order you're considering joining? Good question. Yes. And yeah. do you have a name that you secretly want? We won't tell Mother Mary Claire. Uh, the habit critical. I mean, uh, absolutely. if it was my choice, Sisters of Life, the blue, my eyes would pop, honestly. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's honest. Hey, it would. It would. We got bells going on. Father Michael's supposed to be at a cigar bar right now, but uh, we're keeping him up late. late. I don't think I have a name, but I do think um, it would be 
Wait, well, wait, well, we talked about Sister Balthazar. Sis- Sister Balthazar, <laughs> Adrienne Balthazar. There it is. Nice. Sister yeah, okay. Hildegard. And then the other question was the name? The name? Yeah. Nice? Of the community. Of the community. The name of the community. The habits. Patience. Like, what does that mean? To you? No, it sounds like the, the habits were important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, vanity of vanities. That doesn't die. No, it doesn't die. I don't know why I haven't joined. <laughs> One of the coolest things about Becca's discernment has been watching her freely just divest of everything because you know if you're a guy and you go to seminary you kind of kind of move into life and you kind of get progressively um more kind of you deepen in it you know but she has to get rid of everything you know she just has to i don't know just wear her uh denim jumper for the next year and that's about it and uh, then cut the hair and uh but becca has been doing something terrible to us um as she leaves which is to suggest to father nathan that he should not cut his hair until she cuts her hair. That's right. Which would be August 6th of 2018. It's in the dowry. Probably the worst thing, suggested idea. (laughs) I offer myself in tribute. (laughs) Feast of the Transfiguration. Clock wants to talk. I just want to say that that would be like the cutting of the mullets in 2018. That's that's what it would be. Are you saying that Becca has a mullet? Well... (laughs) Well, not for a woman, but for Father Nathan, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He has curls for girls and uh It worked tonight at the Yeah, it worked tonight at the restaurant. Everywhere I go with him in the greater Arvada area, his hometown here, is uh people recognize him. It's a very distinguishable look. Right? The priest with the mullet that will get another six inches longer in the next year, probably. Something like that. We are still we're still two inches away from Locks for Love or uh, Wigs for Kids. <laughs> Wigs for Kids, very nice. Yeah, thank you. All right, okay, so more more pointed questions for. We're at thirty minutes. I just want to give a caveat: if you're listening to this podcast yeah. for the first time, this <laughs> oh, is this is, this is not you. Listen to other ones. We love Becca. Um, <laughs> can I ask a question? Do you have any advice for the podcast going forward? Nice for the podcast. Yes. Yeah, like. More, more banter. She actually, example. she she would give feedback every single time we would post a podcast. Always she would it always always positive. Yes, <laughs> except once, which means it wasn't except once. one time she did not. Oh, too soon, too soon. She's shaking her head. One time, busted. You she did that. It was ours. It was mine. It was no, it was theirs. No, it was ours. Rap and Olaf. She didn't the, say uh, anything. The patriotism. she made no positive encouraging like, comment. I'm waiting at the end for the, the feedback on this one. Oh that yeah, was like her only oh, comment. Oh, <laughs> I was just curious what people would say. Called I was just out. curious. I just know about the eight evil thoughts. What was the <laughs> yeah. feedback from? Get that? him away! Get him away from the microphone right now. It was definitely number that was one. No, that's a good so question. Yeah, good question. Any advice? Any advice? Good question. Never change. Stop it. Okay. That was the same thing you wrote in my eighth grade yearbook. Can I get something more profound? Have a good summer. <laughs> That's, good. That's good advice. That's good advice. You're the worst. You're the worst. Oh, we can't post this. It's so bad. I know. I know. I'm, not, okay. I'm not good. Like You know, the funny thing is we've I had a lot worse. We've had a lot worse. We've had a lot worse together. Well, I mean, do you have, do you have anything you want to say to us personally? No, 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 no. Let's go back to, let's go back to the topic here. Becca. Okay. Thank you for the ice. He is really keeping me in. Keeping ice in my whiskey. So I want to go back to this point here. Becca has um, been my right hand for the last six years on planning these these trips, which it doesn't sound like a big thing, but these have been like huge, huge catalysts for communion, for people converting to the Catholic faith, deepening in the faith, and uh, just the experience of friendship and love. And I, I attribute a lot of that to her um, and her work. Now, we had a... Very few people can deal with me uh, and the choleric monster, and you have a capacity to do that. But I do want to just go back into uh, what was it about, and what were we? What have we been up to the last six years? Because uh, God is now calling you on to a new life and to something exciting. But He did something here, and we kind of just stumbled into it. It began with Switzerland, I think. You know, yeah. Father Mike was already in Rome, and uh, he uh, we had started this outdoor club called Aquinas Alpine. And we realized that uh, if we want to get uh, people who are on the fringe, or maybe even not even on the fringe, we got to take them to the mountains. And uh, 
ski with them and hike with them. And then, and then the religious questions kind of come out. So we started that, but then the Switzerland trip right before I left Boulder, father Mike was in Rome. Father Nathan was just a deacon, deacon right? Mm-hmm. Father Michael was just a, you know, lonely Byzantine priest, lonely Byzantine priest, yet, yet to join the companions, but a friend of ours at the time. But, uh, that kind of began something and it's been, uh, it's been an incredible few years. And so I just wonder if you have any thoughts on things you've seen that have kind of developed or things that you would point to people listening to this, maybe who are building their own community life, uh, who are, who are doing different things that, that we kind of, that just kind of naturally came about as we were, uh, kind of doing this the last few years. It's just, again, it's like such intense questions, like just uh, with such big answers. I don't know. It's so hard um, to like, I don't know. That's just like such an open-ended question of like, I, I don't know. It's hard to put it into words exactly like what the project was. I, and so I'd be curious about like what your ideas were on it. Okay. So... Let me, I'll speak a little more and then I want you to, you guys need to help me draw her out of herself because it's in her. Why are you asking her hard questions? I know, it's hard questions. They're really intense questions. Let me give you, let me give you a thought on this. Now, I gave a homily two weeks ago that Father Nathan Goebel was very complimentary of. It was a daily mass homily and he said you should podcast about that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think this ties directly into our project. You were not at that mass. It's okay. You don't know what we're talking about. He was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was I appreciated that because Father Mike and I preach to each other usually most days, and so <laughs> we're, we're a little out of practice. I mean, you know, we, we we homilies get a little strange when we're together in Rome. And uh, so what I said was, I started the homily, and I said, you know, yesterday Father Mike and I were at my nephew Jackson's soccer game, right? He's three years old, and it was his soccer team. Team, we're putting this in quotations, right? And his soccer team was out there playing another team. And uh, it was total pandemonium. It was insane. It was crazy. It was like the coaches are really trying heroically to kind of keep this thing going. But it was very clear that what we were watching was not actually soccer. It was just three-year-olds dressed up as soccer players doing kind of soccerish things. But they didn't understand what is soccer. And the point of it is to say until you grasp the concept of soccer, which I guess happens around age four, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Age three, it was not. Definitely not at three. <laughs> no, not at three. And they were really trying hard. But, like, I, I watched a couple of these kids. The, the joy of their life was, like, jumping on the goal. The, the goals would kind of collapse down. They would <laughs> fold down. So they would all just kind of pile on, jump on the goal. Nobody's interested. One kid's sitting with the ball in the goal. You know, <laughs> they're, they're all over the place. These poor coaches are trying to keep, keep them together. So this is not to talk bad about Jackson, who I love. But just to say, what we were watching was not really soccer. And the point of the homily was to say that a lot of times I think we do a lot of Catholic things, you know, go to Mass, maybe even pray the Rosary, do these different things. But have we grasped the concept or the deeper thing that unites everything and makes it being Catholic in the sense that three-year-olds doing soccer-ish activities have actually not grasped the concept of soccer and therefore they're not actually playing soccer and we're not actually watching a soccer game here we're watching really cute little kids uh try and do what people are telling them which is called soccer right so the point of this is to say uh balthazar picked up on this this reality and he was very concerned with this and he he calls it the gestalt you know the the form of the faith and his point is, and this is going to go into a little bit of an apologetic here on Von Balthasar, and there's a lot of haters out there, and it's very casual and very kind of popular right now to kind of dog him. But his project was to say, you can't just reduce the Catholic faith to a system of ideas and a system of action that is like soccerish activities, but Christ is the gestalt. He forms, he entirely forms um, what it means to be. Uh, a person who follows God, who who becomes Catholic. So that is to say that you can't just extract the content of being Catholic uh, from it. You actually have to take the form of Christ as well. And that's what it means to be. And I think that the East actually gets a sense of this of with your conception of divinization, of that the, the actual person becomes informed by Christ. This is very Pauline. And uh, so what what we're talking about here is to say, 
the uh, you good? Uh. Well, I just wanted to kind of ask, like, so what what exactly is um, the game that we're trying to play? You know, if this is an analogy, all the kids in in the soccer field, the thought that comes to mind is that Christians are called to love. Jesus says they will know that you are mine if you love one another, and there's. Um, there's a whole life we live, this religious life of saying private prayers, of going to church, of doing these kind of ritual things that are meant to lead us toward uh, a relationship of love with God and with other people. But I think uh, love can be a particular challenge in a very individualistic society and time. And one of the pieces of genius I see in your kind of program, your um, Aquinas Alpine, this community building, friendship is that you give people you you put them in the position of loving one another and teach them to love each other become friends practice love practice forgiveness practice um, creativity and generosity and meeting the needs of somebody else of taking care of each other and when you actually have a forum where you're practicing love you grow as a christian right and and that in the end is like what we're trying to do um, I, I mean, I, I've experienced it myself in the companions, having a community that allows you to practice, uh, love and not, um, not live it alone and pretend that you're growing, but actually see whether or not, you know, kind of have a measure and have people in front of you to love. Um, and ultimately that's what we say that heaven is. That's what we say the Christian life is, right. you know, it's kind of, um, getting down to the essence and building that um, that kind of forum where people can interact in the way that's essentially Christian, which is loving each other, right? right? No, that's good. I think that's right on, Mike. I think that the, the project was to say, um, we have to concretely live communion if we want to uh, actually create the possibility for real friendship and, and to really live the faith. So the the three-year-olds playing soccer they've kind of been told this is what you do you know this is what it means to play soccer but they haven't actually kind of grasped it so we tried to create in boulder and then kind of an extension of that and this really folded out of the companion's life becca was becca was the best becca intuited the project the best and in many ways she understood gronsky's project which we've talked about father gronsky who passed away a year ago um she got it just she just got it and she lived it and she was able to kind of infuse these things with it these these trips but the idea is exactly what you're saying is let's go away and get out of our normal life and let's go on the Camino together let's go to Switzerland together in these huts let's go to the San Juan together last week and be together in such a way that we get to experience the joys of communion but also the challenges of being in the in the ring together and facing these things and actually trying to struggle it. And this would be the point I would try to make is to say, if you don't have those experiences, then you never move beyond the three-year-olds playing soccer because it takes the three-year-olds time to get to a point. And then finally they intuit, they grasp the, the concept of soccer. Oh, we're playing soccer. And the goal is to put the, the ball in that net right there. Right. That's that it, it's about the telos, the orientation, the purpose, the reason for it. But sometimes it takes a little time. And I think that with the Christian life, unless you have deep immersions into community, which is what we're about as companions, then you never kind of make the leap. You know, it just becomes this kind of mental game that you play. And I think that what Becca did in the last six years was to create the possibilities where people could enter into that. Now, many of them. I think went on these trips and probably kept playing three-year-old soccer, you know, but a lot of them didn't, a lot of them turned the corner and, uh, and made the leap and, and recognized that the gestalt of Christ, the, the form of the faith that as he reveals himself, that the faith is not just content. It's not just a bunch of ideas or truths or, or moral teachings, but it's actually this whole deeper thing. Like the idea of soccer um, that is is greater than just the rules of soccer or the act, the acts of soccer. There's something greater there, and that's kind of what we were. That's what we were about, and I think that's what we attempted to do as best we could. 
And uh, she was right at the heart of that project, though she will not talk tonight. <laughs> I'm wondering, Becca, you know, th- there's something beautiful about the community that is offered here and the community that you helped build up, organize, and promote. Um, but I think what you're doing sounds to most people absolutely insane. Like even just religious life. Becoming a nun sounds so insane to most people in this world that you would you would go join a community of all women and give yourself completely to Christ and, and sacrifice everything for that. But I think for us, it doesn't seem that odd because we've experienced community and we can see how the community that, that is built up through the programs that you've helped build leads to proper listening to a real vocation so is is there anything sorry i'm gonna try to to talk again is is there anything that you see that that is a natural transition from the type of community you've been living in for the past six years into the community that you're discerning you may want to live in for the rest of your life I, 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 no, it's good. I, I get, get her but, to talk. Put right, the right. microphone because in her face th- th- right there now. There is. Do you understand that most most people in the world would think what you're doing is is as, is as insane as what the other four of us are doing? The four of us who are priests, we we get called insane all the time by many people. All my secular friends, they think it's absolutely insane what I'm doing, and I love it. And it was it flowed so naturally out of my family life growing up. Could you say the same thing? Like, w- what made this what the world sees as as crazy what made it what made you able through the community to listen to god's voice and to be able to give yourself completely at this point in your sermon to that life is there anything that you could say this community helped build and that can that can encourage listeners to start building that same community in order to promote vocations and the proper listening to god's will big questions (laughs) what time are we at we have plenty of time. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Talk right into the microphone there. Um, You'll be free soon enough. Don't worry. No, let me out of this. Um, no, I, I mean, it, it's definitely a funny thing to get the reactions of people who are, are like, wait, you're doing what? You know, so I was at a wedding yesterday for the Mejias and was getting my hair done. And as a bridesmaid and the, the hairdresser, uh, she was asking me like, yeah, any plans for this month? And I was like, well, yeah, the wedding. And then I'm going to join the convent. And she was just like, ha ha, take me with you. And I was like, okay, come along. And then she realized I was kind of serious. And she was like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) And was just very confused by like what I was doing. But uh, yeah, as far as just my experience of community and what kind of could lead me to, um, wait, I don't even remember your question. To complete abandonment of everything that is selfish and to give yourself completely to our Lord and his will. That's hard. It's not easy. You're, you're doing something that's incredibly, you're doing something that's impossible. It's well, impossible. Just life, I would ask, you know, do you see a connection between um, finding the value of meeting God in a, in a relationship and in community yeah. and then wanting religious life, which is a communal life? Essentially, it's it's being given to a community being asked to love there, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> These are intense questions. <laughs> These are intense questions. I think that the uh, the the key is, you know, you've been about relation for a lot of years, about relationship, uh, about forming it, cultivating it, and uh, so it's kind of a natural flow into the community life of uh, religious community. Uh, which is to say that um, somehow, some way, God used you in these last uh, six years to form community, but also in that act, reflexively to prepare you for a, a, a more radical life than everybody in this room is living, uh, which is a religious vocation is, is more radical, more intense, more profound, more complete in some ways, more perfect, as we learned from the celebratio, celebratio last year. Um, and we're kind of in awe of that, of like, well, I mean, you know, really doing it. But somehow he used that, you know, right when you thought you were just planning events and organizing Father John's stupid trips, then all of a sudden, bam, that was the preparation for this really radical grace that you received. Because I remember when you said to me last fall, you sent me a picture of the handmaids uh, come and see and you said I think I'm going to go uh, do a come and see with the handmaids and I was like whoa 
That's kind of random. We had talked about Consecrated Life before that, but I was like, man, that's kind of crazy. And then when you came back, you were so at peace. I mean, it was just so clear. We all knew it. I mean, it was just like, there's something really profound here. And then you did the, the second one in the spring. But I think that there is an instinct here to say that there's when we look at the providence of Becca Messel's life, you, th- you see that uh, she was the agent of communion for all these years. And in the midst of that, God was actually doing something even more beautiful and more profound, which was to prepare her for this very definitive entrance and discernment of, uh, of a total self-gift um, and a consecration in the vows and uh, a bridal life with, with Jesus, which is, which far exceeds anything of, that we would have ever accomplished, you know, in these trips. So it's very exciting. Does <laughs> that summarize things okay? Yeah. Are we articulating your life okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I think it's a great witness. And I think it's um I think it flows very naturally out of the life you've been living. And obviously you're this is something you're still discerning. Um, but it is something I really do hope you I hope the Hamaze, I don't know them that well, but I hope that that you're able to through the diocesan life witness to the beauty of what this is the impossibility of it but the beauty of it so that i agree with you john hopefully many other women will join this because it is an amazing vocation as as hard as it's going to be and i know it's gonna be a lot of sacrifice but obviously we'll be praying for you i love the picture of uh andrea Polito's consecration to virginity because there's like what they say over 20 priests all gathered around her yeah and during that consecration, when we were all walking up with her, I just thought any of these men would die for this woman, yeah. you know. And the same thing, you know, could be said for you, Beautiful. you know. All, all the, all the, the men, women that support you, but we especially we priests that live the diocesan life as we do, uh, we need the help that the handmaids bring, and I'm sure the men in uh, Saint Paul are gonna are flourishing because of that, the prayer and the effort and the work. And um, so, thank you for the witness. Thank you for your discernment, and be assured of our prayers. Okay, so Becca, before we go to shout-outs here, because clearly you're not going to speak here in the rest of this podcast, <laughs> we are going to honor you. Yes. And we're going to start with Father Nathan, and we're going to go around, Father John Clockman as well. And uh, I will conclude us, and then we'll go to shout-outs, and then we're going to kind of call this thing out. So, I just want to... It's totally awkward having other people talk about your vocation. Um, yeah. And uh, you have four dudes, five dudes, if you count Father Jock, Clockman. Jockman. Uh, <laughs> Father Jockman. Jockman. Yeah. Um, Thank you. But okay. it's intimate. I mean, what, what has happened in your life has happened between uh, you and Jesus, and what uh, exteriorly is happening in the next two weeks is the unfolding of something that began long ago. So for you to try to put words to it is in some ways cheap. Um, and, uh, so, you know, know that, um, the mystery of what you are doing, uh, will still attract people, you know, like you're not just being elusive or something like that. It's just, I think it's, it's hard to identify why or what or who it's just that I think it's just that. Um, but the image that I have, um, because, uh, it was father John and Becca that, um, pretty much convinced me to go on the. The Swiss trip when I was like, uh, this is a bunch of college students. Uh, they're really loud and I don't think I'm cool enough. So I don't own a single piece of Patagonia gear. Um, so I think perhaps I should duck out. Um, so Becca and Father John organized that whole trip. And Becca was pretty nervous about everything going off. You know, it's kind of like a big fireworks show, you know. I mean, you're hoping that everybody enjoys the fireworks show, uh, but you're only happy after it's over. Um, and, uh, you can't really enjoy it in the same way as other people. But the moment that I think you actually were able to enjoy it was, uh, when we got to the final hut, um, outside of Engelberg, um, and we rode this, this enormous gondola, um, that was like the mega gondola all the way up to the first tier. And then we had to take two person gondolas with our gear on our, like, laps or whatever else and then we took that all the way up um through the mist and i don't know if you remember that day uh and then all of a sudden it just opened up onto this alpine lake and and we all get up there and father garonski 
either there was music or some kind of you know spirit you know at play, not just uh, alcohol, but uh, some kind of spirit at play. And uh, the two of you began polking uh, around the the patio of this hut. And for me, like there was a relief there that nothing else, nothing else can happen that will deter the the fact that this trip was a wonderful gift. Um, and I think you're actually entering into that uh, embrace with Christ where uh, you have given everything as much as you can. As you said, you're retired uh, at 27 or whatever. Um, and you're not going to serve in the same capacity as many other people. Um, but I think you're satisfied that what you have given has been enough to show Christ that you are ready to dance. Um, and the, the movement of prayer that happens is a, well, it's, you know, retreat and advance and retreat and advance. So, uh, you know, know of our prayers and very grateful, you know, for a heart that is open to him. Um, you know, as much as we are in persona Christi, uh, he is, uh, the, the ultimate and you're not, you're not attracted to Christ because of us, hopefully, and not distracted from Christ because of us <laughs> or in spite of us. Um, so I think you've you've discovered something of Him, and uh, and that's why I think it's really difficult uh, to put words to it. You know, people don't talk while they dance. You know, they just dance. And I think you're beginning your dance, and I'm uh, very excited to see how it unfolds. Amen. Thanks, beautiful buddy. Cheers. Well done. <laughs> Yeah. Bottle of red. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. cheers. All right, Mikey, you're up. All right, I mean, I'm just going to make it short, Beck. You know I love you. Um, I don't know. We've we've had a, a profound friendship. I think you challenge me in ways that I uh, really appreciate. Um, I think you're an example of um, humble service that uh, really inspires me. Um, you don't mind... Um, working hard without the uh, without the spotlight. I'm vain, and I <laughs> I kind of like getting attention and getting praise. And uh, you avoid that um, in ways that I think are really sincere and admirable. Um, and I've learned a lot from. Um, like I said, you're an adventurous, and uh, I think your courage is admirable. I think you uh, you go for big things. And um, it's an inspiration to me. I have been thinking, you know, Beck is real intimidated by this moment. <laughs> and it's, it's a big deal. Yes, it's a big deal, but it's a big deal like any other big deal. The Mass is a big deal. Uh, waking up in the morning and saying your morning prayers is a big deal. Um, every, every moment walking with Jesus is a big deal. And um, I hope that you won't be too intimidated by this. I know that this is going to be great freedom, that this is the beginning of something. It is the end of something. Um, I'm going to miss you. I know a lot of people back in Colorado are going to miss you. Um, but it's the beginning of something much bigger. And it's the beginning of something extremely joyful and, um, and beautiful. You're not going to lose those that you love. You're not going to lose any of us. And um, you're going to pick up a lot more, you know, giving your life to Jesus. Um, not only just a beautiful example, but I'm, I'm very, very happy for you because I think uh, it's just going to open a lot to your, uh, to your life. Um, yeah, the beginning of something. The image that comes to mind um, is uh, Jesus saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're going to go to work with Jesus now. And... Um, he, yeah, he, it's, it's joy. It's just going to be working and living in joy. Um, the sisters are great. I know them. Uh, you, you know, uh, we've, we've been friends for a number of years, and um, I think you're joining a great community. So many blessings. Um, you will be missed here, but we'll come and visit. And um, uh, thank you for your witness, and thank you for your life and your boldness. Uh, we, we work together. We'll continue to work together in a different way, but we will, um, serving our Lord. And, um, yeah, 
I look forward to seeing the joy that comes from this uh, great move in your life. Amen. Well done, Mikey. Thank you. Father Michael Lachlan. Uh, I, I want to mirror that with a, with an image based upon my experience. Um, this might sound kind of morbid, but as you know, in a, in a Byzantine wedding, the couple gets crowned and they're, they're crowns of martyrdom. And as soon as they make that commitment and are sealed with that sacramental bond, um, they've died to self to live for the other. And I've always said, especially when I'm doing funerals of, of, of someone who maybe had a strained relationship with their parents, um, you know, all that strain is gone after death and the, the, the access that we have to our deceased loved ones, the relationship that we have with them is, is on their end completely purified, you know, in a sense, whether that's being purified through purgatory or in, you know, is purified in heaven. There's a, a, a deeper relationship we can have with those who have gone before us. And, um, you know, there, there's joining religious life um, if and when, God willing, you make those final vows, it'll be a very real death to self. Um, and I think that we who are going to miss you will have even greater connection with you at that point because within the body of Christ, um, you'll have your vocation fulfilled in the complete martyrdom of, uh, of self-gift and we'll have access to that all the time through our prayer for you and your prayer for us. Um, so I... I don't, you know, what you're doing is death. It's death itself. And, and we're, um, by your decision and by our um, accepting of it, we're, we're dying to ourselves too because we'll miss your presence with us in the way that we've had, being able to, you know, talk to you, hear your voice, et cetera. All that'll change significantly, um, but it seems to be God's will. And I hope we all remember, you remember, we remember that, that the, uh, the connection we have has actually deepened by your death of self and deepened by our death of self and the access in the one body of Christ in the fulfillment of a vocation um, is a is a beautiful thing that we have to work a little bit harder to realize um, but of course it'll be it'll be present so again thank you for the witness like Mikey said we'll miss you and uh, but we'll be bonded to you through your vocation and through ours in an even deeper way as we go about this life and of course, in, in the eternal life, we'll be back together again, realizing that personally. So, thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, Father. Olaf. Amen. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Father. All right, Beck, here we go. We're going to round it out. So, we just hit the one-hour mark on the nose, but who cares, right? The uh, These guys love you. I love you. Bottle of red. Oh, bottle of white. I'm going to say a couple words here, and then, Becky, you can give any shout-outs you want. This is your final sh- your final chance. Mother Mary Claire. Mother Mary Claire. All right, Becky, you ready? This is going to get a little sappy because the Italians have been rubbing off on me, and, uh, yeah, living over there has uh, made me a little more, a little more sentimental than I used to be. So uh, August 27th is going to be a tough day. I'll be with you. We're going up to Minnesota together, and uh, but yeah, saying goodbye will be a will be a that'd be a tough day because um, you've been my uh, my right hand for six years, and uh, you've been my my go-to and uh, the person that I I trust more than anybody. Also, the person who I think has understood what I'm about and what we're trying to do. Uh, more than anybody, the companions, the brothers, you know, they support us and they love, they love the work we've been about, but you and I have actually been day in and day out about it. But the, the, but the, the deeper joy is not so much the work and, uh, the trips and the, the great times, but, uh, what I told Father Clockman on the way down, we were trying to call you <laughs> two sanguines, just like wanting to call another sanguine. Four times. Uh, four times uh, we kept losing her and calling her back. And what I told Father Clockman was, I said, "You know what? You know what I love about Becca is um, the adventure of her life is exciting because I remember the point when I said she might not end up in the faith. Like, like it might not end up. The story might not end up well. It could have gone many different directions. You know." We all have those points in life where it's just, it's a bit more tenuous, you know. And you push through, you push through, you persevered, 
and um, you assented to Jesus and you said yes. And and now to make such a definitive and unbelievable gift of yourself in a religious life and in this new discernment, um, I think that's what's most exciting for me is to say, I remember the wild woman that I met in Boulder and she was wild, Chickasaw, right? <laughs> Does everybody know that she has 164th Chickasaw? Okay, she's... <laughs> some native american blood she's a wild woman and uh but you you chose it and what i told father father john clockman on the way down was i said the becca messa you'll see tonight is the best version of herself over the last six years she's the most alive most free most loving uh, and most kind of perfect version that i've ever seen Because because she knew christ exactly and because he missioned her and and sent and sent her, and uh, gave her this call, this very unique call, and it's such an honor for us as uh, priests to to be with you and to walk with you. And this this podcast tonight is really about honoring you uh, without actually letting you know we're doing it because we're we're all in our own way really profoundly moved by uh, who you are and who you are to us. And I think when I look back on our years together, we've had a lot of great trips together. We've had a lot of like kind of amazing moments, the kind of the the hug at the Gendakuta or the end of the Camino or these things. But when I think of Becca Messel, um, and this is what I'll close with, the uh, the greatest memory that I have was not one of the most glamorous, so to speak, but it was on the way up to the Betty Bear Hut. We were skiing. And everything fell apart. It was a total collapse physically. We just we couldn't move forward together. We at the end of the end of the day, the sun was setting. Andrea Polito gave you the inhaler, and she said, "Take one pull," and you took five. And Andrea's like, "No!" Classic Italian, freaked out. Um, but that moment of powerlessness, where you, where I, I basically forced you to hand off your pack, your skis, everything. And we walked very slowly uh, those next few hours to the hut, step by step, trying to take deep breaths, um, just trying to survive at that point. Um, That's when I think I learned a little bit about what the Christian life is, which is we're helping each other in the moments of powerlessness, right? And uh, that's what Goransky taught us. To, to live in those moments and to live intimately enough where you you are in those moments, you know. It's easy enough to kind of do our own thing, meet for your own community events, go to mass, whatever, even hang out with priests, whenever everything's fine, you're still in control. But to live so intimately for so many years to where you hit that point where your friend, your daughter just breaks, uh, and then you're in it together. That's that's the moment. And I remember those those that last hour up to the hut uh, as the, in the twilight, you know, in the snow, and thinking we don't know what's going to happen tonight, but we have to keep pushing and we have to keep moving together. And that's that'll be the image, I think. Not because you're you're weak, you're not. You're strong. You're very strong. Um, but you let yourself be weak and you let yourself be led and you let yourself be loved in that moment. And uh, those are the kind of things that I think the Christian life forms in us. So Father Ray Gronsky, our beloved spiritual director and father, who has since passed, who I've told you, you've intuited his project in the feminine way more than any of us. I think he would think of that story and I think he would really love it. Um... And so tonight, as our final gift to you in the podcast, is uh, to give you his rosary, which is right here, because you need a rosary for the convent, and I stole this out of Father Nathan's car today, (laughs) with his permission, and uh, I hope as you pray this rosary um, daily for the rest of your life that uh, you'll think of him. And also think of the the way that he formed us to be um, crucified sons and daughters of a crucified God, which is to not run from the cross, but to uh, to embrace it uh, lovingly, uh, but also with great fear and trembling to say we don't know uh, and we cannot take on what Jesus is asking of us except with grace. And uh, so 
this podcast in many ways is handed on to you in this rosary. Pray for us, for the love of God. Pray. We need it desperately, and we love you. And uh, we're so grateful for your service to us, but especially for your friendship. We love you. Um, I love you. You're a daughter to me, a friend, a sister. And uh, it's the same for these guys here as present. And uh, so to get all sappy tonight, but uh, thank you for your many years of service to us and your love. And uh, know that we send you off to the handmaids, to Mother Mary Claire, with uh, with great joy, but also with great sadness of uh, loss. But trust that uh, in just a few years we'll all be together uh, in heaven. And that will last for all eternity. Amen. 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 Do you have any final words, final shout-outs in your last podcast? Thank you. Those are all very kind, all very kind words. All very kind words. Thank you. I'm Nothing. a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> so, but thank you. All very kind. Good. <laughs> okay. Get it right. I don't want to. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Nathan's disapproving. I'm getting the disapproving look. I, I just want to shout out uh, everybody who's been listening since the beginning. 300th episode. Yeah, 300 uh, episodes. Thanks, everybody. We love doing this. We love all the great feedback that we get um, so often. People are so supportive. Uh, it's a gift to us. We're happy to serve. Um, we're going to keep on doing that. And uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, been supportive and um, has listened from the beginning. That was a totally brilliant shout out. I think we'll leave it at that. What do you say? I'm good. Hour 10, Goebbels good. Olaf, toast to Becca. Toast to Becca. Becca. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Becca Messel. Our own. Hard cheers. Hard cheers for Chris Lebsock. Becca, thanks. Thanks for all your work. We love you. And we're proud of you. And that's it. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. And that's it.